Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Second Take, where we talk everything NFL and NBA. If you like our content thus far, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a follow on Spotify and uh, check out our TikTok and Instagram pages. Today, we are going to be discussing uh, a very interesting power rankings. This is going to be our first ever joint Second Take power rankings where... uh, we try to make the best power rankings we can total. A couple rules are once a slot and a team have been selected, that team and slot is off the board for the other person. I will be going first for the outside looking in pick, also known as the sixth overall pick in our power rankings. And this week, a lot of teams could have fit that description. You've got the Seahawks with a monster win over um, the New York Giants looking back in form after their week one blunder to the Rams. You've got the Baltimore Ravens putting laying the wood on the Cleveland Browns. Um, but, you know, I am going to go with maybe a controversial pick here. I am not really liking what I see from the Kansas City Chiefs. Dang. Their offense, man. It's just something with it. They really haven't played a good team yet um, outside of the Lions, which they lost that game to. Um, The Lions I almost had at this pick, but I'm just not liking what I see from their offense. Their defense has played really killer, um, but for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, the offensive side of the ball is a big question mark. Wow, you're already you're already jumbling up uh, my power rankings. I was going to put them higher than that, but since they are on the outside looking in, I will say Kansas City Chiefs they have one loss to the Lions, right? Lions are a good team, 3-1. and one. I will say their offense, like you mentioned, has still been underwhelming, and their schedule is still a little iffy, right? They played Lions who were good. They played the Jaguars. Uh, and then the Bears and the Jets. But to be fair to the Jets, the Jets have played a lot of good teams at this point. They played the Chiefs, they played the Bills, and they played the Cowboys so far. But they are 1-3 at the same time. But my argument for having the Chiefs higher than the outside looking in is their offense is still top 10 in points per game with 25 points per game, despite the fact that we all kind of feel their offense has been underwhelming so far well the bulk of those came in a blowout win against the worst team in the nfl so you know if you use the points per game metric it's a bit skewed because of that they have probably the weakest schedule on the power rankings so far um they don't have a bad loss that loss to detroit isn't a bad loss because detroit's three and one and some people might ask why I don't have Detroit over Kansas City. Simple fact is Patrick Mahomes plays for Kansas City. But uh, they just haven't looked good. They really haven't looked good outside of that Bears win, which everyone looks good against the Bears unless you're the Broncos. And the yeah. Broncos pulled out a win against the Bears. So I just don't like what I'm seeing. I'm concerned on the offensive side of the football. Their defenses remain to be top tier so far but again the only team of note that they've played is Detroit so and I don't think we're going to really get any answers with Kansas City 
till halfway through the season because they got kind of a cupcake schedule up till week eight or week nine. Yeah, I mean, their defense has been impressive so far, right? I believe they're only allowing 15 points per game against the teams that are, you know, like we mentioned, their schedule isn't necessarily great. The only team I think I could compare their schedule to would be the Cowboys and the Eagles so far. Um, All the other teams that we consider the top-tier teams have played better overall schedules than that. Um, But... I mean, I they guess do, what's your yeah. biggest argument for putting them higher? So they're like they so I think there's something to be said about winning football games. Right. And especially winning close football games, because some teams might be I don't know. Let's just say there's a team that goes six and three. Right. They absolutely dominate in their six wins and they look awful in their three losses. I think there's something to be said about being consistent and finding a window way, uh, way to win, even in close games. And for example, like the Cowboys, the Cowboys' loss to the Cardinals is really bad. And just that loss, since both teams have one loss, really moves them down compared to the Chiefs for me because I think the Cowboys still have offensive questions as well, even though their defense has been super dominant. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's really my biggest argument with this team. Um, why I think they would deserve to be in the top five just compared when I compare them to the other teams on the list, specifically the Cowboys. They're not far off, but this, this spot right here could go to honestly four teams. You know, if Kansas city played Baltimore or if they played Seattle or if they played Detroit again, you know, would they really be favored in those matchups? I'm not sure. All of those teams have had a slip up. And all of those teams have looked dominant, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just giving the nod to Kansas City over those teams because they've won so many times in the past five years with this core that I can't discredit them. Mm-hmm. But their receivers have pr- problems getting getting separation. Their run game's starting to develop, which is nice. Pacheco but, did have a really good game. But to be honest, it's just it doesn't look the same it doesn't feel the same i don't think teams fear the chiefs like they have in the past few years so that's I mean, why I, that's why i have them just outside of the power my top it, it doesn't help that they had that um the interesting referee help to end the game against the jets with yes the hold non-call and then the hold call against them on the same drive so I mean, a lot of people aren't feeling so great about the Chiefs right now. I think they're starting to become a little more disliked overall as well because of that. Kind of feels like the NFL maybe wants them to win, especially with the Taylor Swift stuff going on. Yeah. So, but enough with the Kansas City Chief controversy. <laughs> I put them there. Where would you? Where did you have them originally in your lit rankings? So my original, I had them at four on okay. my. On so my you had rankings. them two spots higher. Yes. That is quite a bit of a drop-off in comparison. But who yes. is now your new number five? Okay, so my number five, they're moving up a swap from where I originally had them, but our number five is going to be the today. At number five. The who reason, was that again? Sorry, you cut out. Oh, I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys at our number five spot in the power rankings. 
And the biggest reason why I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys here is their offense is still a question, right? That game against the Patriots, they scored 16 offensive points until garbage time where they got another touchdown. They lost to the Cardinals. They only scored 16 points in that game. Against the Jets, they only had five field goals. I think the offense is starting to become a bigger question for this team, but their defense has still been super dominant. Their defense had two touchdowns against the Pats, and that's a really big reason why the score looks so skewed, being 38-3 to in the end. But another reason why, because in all of their wins, they've been really, really dominant, and if not for that one loss, they would probably be higher than five. They just have played weaker competition so far. Every team they played has only has one win. And so I, I need to see them against some better teams. They do have the worst loss out of all of the teams on this power rankings. This is where I originally had them at. I had them at five. Um, I look at them as the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, kind of equal offensive caliber production. Um, Dallas is underperforming because they don't they have the playmakers. They're just not scoring. Kansas City doesn't really have anybody outside of Travis Kelsey, but they're still managing. Right. So I honestly think the offenses are comparable. I'm not liking what I see from either one of the offenses. I just gave the nod to Dallas because their defense is probably the best in the NFL, right? Like, yeah, the fact that their defense scores more points than their offense half the time is absurd. So uh, I couldn't put them any higher, even though they've looked dominant in all of their wins. They just have that really bad loss to Arizona. But you so you would pick Kansas City over Dallas in a head to head matchup. Yeah, I would. I think the the Cowboys, I think out of all the teams on this list, I think they have the worst loss so far of anyone else. And I I also think the game matters who plays at home in a head-to-head matchup. But the thing is, while the offense has not looked great so far for the Chiefs, and I I just I believe in Patrick Mahomes to step up in these big moments. When it comes down to it, right? If they play Dallas, that's a big game. That's probably one of these primetime games that we get. And I believe that Patrick Mahomes will be good enough for the Chiefs' offense to be able to win. And their defense, um, I like how they match up against Dallas, especially with Dallas's playmakers being underwhelming so far. Like, they should be better, but they're not. And honestly, I don't think we're giving enough credit to Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs. He finally had a really big game this last week after splitting carries with bunch of other guys so far i think you know maybe the chiefs it wouldn't be such a bad idea to give him a more of a role so far uh going forward no i agree i think if they want to keep running the ball like they did on sunday night they need to keep giving it to pacheco he also he was honestly their best player on the Mm -hmm. offensive side of the ball Um, Mahomes threw a couple of iffy interceptions uh, Pacheco was not only able to run the ball, but he caught a couple of receptions, caught a couple of big plays down the stretch. Um, he's really one, their one bright spot outside of maybe Travis Kelsey, old reliable on the offensive side of the ball. Whereas Dallas has a lot of question marks, not in their personnel, but in the way that they're playing. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I would give Dallas the nod. Maybe it's pure, you know, name bias. But Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, you know, Brandon Cooks are three players that would be automatic starters on Kansas City. You know what I mean? Those are yeah, three of the four best playmakers between the two teams on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the one trump card you could give Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. But I will. I also um, I do want to add as well, the Chiefs won loss to the Lions. They lost basically because, you know, mostly one to two drops in that game. If yes. they had one to two catches instead of drops in that game, they might be 4-0. and oh. And like I said, winning sometimes, like, it's the most important thing that you win games. And I think if they were undefeated at this point, which they were really close to being, they'd be fighting for that number three area um, pretty solidly at four. Um, so that's another reason why I like them a little more than the Cowboys. It's fair. It's fair. I would just lean more towards Dallas's defense in a matchup. Um, that secondary would eat Kansas City's playmakers alive. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I think they're pretty close and pretty comparable. They both have, they're both reliant heavily on their defense. Um, and that's why I just pick the better defense in this scenario. But uh, let us know in the comments who you think is more concerning on the offensive side of the ball, Kansas City or Dallas. Anyway, moving on to number four. I am going to put my good old Dolphins. Okay, okay. If it wants to move at number four. Um, a lot of things from Sunday happen that if you're a Dolphins fan, uh, you're concerned about. They weren't really able to throw the ball very well. Uh, and mostly their defense looked like crap. We knew that their defense wasn't going to be amazing heading into the season. But Josh Allen looked like the best player on planet Earth on Sunday. And I think a large part of that was not only due to the fact that he's a great player, but I also think Miami's defense might be more questionable than we thought. What are your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins at number four? So after that Bills game, you have to question even more the defense for the Dolphins. The only other team that we would consider good that they played so far are the Chargers, and they gave up over 30 points in that game as well. And when you you got to really watch it when they play these good teams because if they're giving up over 30 points against anybody who's any type of good against them, it's going to be hard to win football games, right? Their offense still looks good. They scored 20 points or more in all of their games. It's very unlikely that that's going to be an issue for them moving forward. But... You know, you got to watch them against these good teams because they prove they can beat the bad teams, right? Like, that is a 70-point game against Denver. They beat them by 50. But Denver's offense also isn't necessarily on the level of the Bills or the Niners or the Eagles, right? And they just have, like I mentioned, have even more questions on the defensive side of the ball now. Yeah, there's this. There's a reason why the saying defense wins championships is always applicable in almost any sport. Um, I'm not saying that their offense had an off night, even though 
to their standards, they probably did. But the fact that you're you're not going to win many games putting up, giving up more than 40 points. You're just not going to be able to keep pace with that no matter how good your offense is. And the scary uh, pattern that all of these teams have, whether it's your 2013 Broncos or, you know, the 2011 or, yeah, 2011 Saints when Drew Brees went off, they all underachieved in the postseason because their defense never shows up, right? So I'd say they have the biggest question mark out of all of the teams on their defense. I'm just putting them here at four above the Cowboys and the Chiefs because of what I've seen on the offensive side of the ball and what they're capable of doing. But I am a little nervous um, once they start playing better competition. Well, I think we'll learn a lot about this team. Where did you originally have them in your power rankings? Yeah, I originally had them at five. I think out of all the teams that we listed on this list, their defense is significantly the worst defense. So I put them at five. Uh, The biggest reason why I put them over a team like the Cowboys, for example, mostly is because their schedule was better. They played the Chargers and they had played, um, as we just saw, the Bills, even though they did lose by 28, I think it was. Uh, But they also had that 70-point game, 50-point win against the Broncos. And even though a team like the Cowboys has been that dominant, they still haven't um, won by 50 points, right? So I don't think that's really a question at this point in the season, but I would be interested to see how the two, how the Dolphins would match up against either the Chiefs or the Cowboys because they'll be able to score over 20 points, but how many points would their defense give up to one of these offenses that's been, you know, more so mediocre this, this season? I think that's a great question. I think that's why I ultimately ended up putting them over Dallas or Kansas City. Because I think their defense could hold against, you know, a suspect uh, Kansas City offense thus far this season and a very suspect Dallas offense simply because, you know, they haven't really shown against any other team to be, you know, that competitive on the offensive side of the ball outside of the Bears. game for Kansas City. They haven't looked crazy. Dallas has always looked kind of sus this season on offense. So those two teams, I think the defense wouldn't really necessarily worry about too much. I know it might be blasphemy to say because I'm regarding Patrick Mahomes, you know. But in that in those games, I think the the offense could carry. And that's why I put them ahead of those two teams simply because I think the offense is that much better than the other team's offense or the defense will be able to hold its own. Whereas the other three teams that are above them, I don't see that happening. And that, that's, a, that's a fair point because I think our last three remaining teams, their offenses are no doubt, they have a lot less questions than the Chiefs and the Cowboys to this point in the season. Well, they're both. I think they're all top five offenses, mm-hmm. right? But then they also have the other side of the football to go with it. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. All right, what do you have for number three? 
Number three, I have the this Philadelphia is where Eagles. Okay. Yeah. All right. Philadelphia Eagles at three. They showed resilience last week against the Commanders by going down and coming back to win in overtime. The biggest reason I didn't put them at number two is mostly because of the questionable schedule and the lack of dominance against the schedule. They've played the Patriots, who are a one-win team, in a close game. They played the Commanders, who are a suspect team, in a close game. Uh, Their best win was against... Oh, and also the Vikings are a one-win team, who they beat in a close game. Probably better than their record says, but only one win so far. And then the Bucks was their best win, the Buccaneers, who are 3-1. and one. But that's also, we don't know how real that team is at this point in the season, despite the good start. But um, this team is currently top five in points per game still, averaging 29 points per game, right? Their defense is more of a question than I expected it to be. Yep. Uh, currently 16th, giving up 22 points per game, as I mentioned against the teams like the Pats, Commanders, and the Bucks, uh, Vikings have a good, pretty good offense this year, despite the lack of wins. And but you know, gotta give it up to those who find a way to win still. So they're still at number three, uh, just because they keep finding a way to win these games. Yeah, their their offense has has looked the part. Um, their defense is not the same as it was last year, and. You said it best. I mean, their competition on paper might be the weakest out of the group outside of maybe Dallas. Yeah, it got to be them or Dallas, yeah. Um, Those are the two worst strengths to schedule on this power rankings, and I think that has to play a part, right? Um, A big thing that concerns me is they get up to a big lead and then they let the other team back into it. At least that happened with the Patriots and the Vikings. The Commanders was just a, a shootout the whole way. And that the Commanders, no matter how hard they play, they're an inferior team. Uh, and then the Bucks, that was that was a solid win. And that's why that's why you have them at three. Right? Because they're still undefeated. Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing really well. He's picking right up where he left off, at least the last two games he's played really well. And uh I'm just surprised by how their defense has performed. I don't know why they have fallen off significantly from where they were last year. And I do honestly question if I'd favor them against Miami, Dallas, or Kansas City in a neutral field. I really don't know. I think it's a coin flip. I'm just kind of giving them the nod because they're undefeated. Yeah, I think a lot of their defensive struggles as well, as I mentioned before, comes from the youth on that side of the ball. I just think they're a really young team. I think by the end of the year, they'll be they'll be looking better defensively. I don't know if that means top five, top ten, where that is, but I think it'll be higher than 16th. They're just too talented on that side of the ball to be this low. And it's kind of funny because last year, the Eagles didn't have a great schedule. And they were killing all these teams, so everyone was questioning them. This year, they still don't have a great schedule, but they're winning close games. They're not killing them, yeah. Yeah, so I honestly do, though, think that winning close games is more beneficial for your team by the 
end of the season. Just because if you blow, do blow out everyone and you never have any close games, if you play in a close game when it really matters, I think those teams tend to fold more often than not. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they played these close games and shown they can be a little resilient. But they do need to start picking it up against these teams that aren't as good. Yeah, they definitely need to kind of get their act together on that side of the football. Um, Talent-wise, they're as good as anyone. Uh, this is where we had them last week as well. I feel really comfortable putting them there, putting them there at three. Um, this week they play the Rams, then they play the Jets, but after that they play the Dolphins, potentially another top five power ranking matchup. And I think as the season goes on, we'll start to know a little bit more about what who this team really is. Because right now, I'm not sure the caliber of team that you're going to get on Sunday. Are they going to just compete with anyone? Or once they actually play a team that's a legit bona fide top five, top seven caliber team in the NFL, will they fold? Right? They haven't really played anybody of that caliber. Nor has Dallas. Um, Kansas City's played Detroit, which I think they're in that conversation, top 10 at least. Miami's played Buffalo and, and folded. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll learn. It's a wait and see for them, and that's why I had them at three as well. So, All right, with my number two overall pick, jumping all the way from the bottom is the Buffalo Bills. Um, there we go. Ever since the nightmare at MetLife, that's what I've been saying for the past couple podcasts, Josh Allen has looked like the best player in football. He's like tallied, I think, 10 total touchdowns since then. Has only thrown one additional interception. And they have absolutely murdered everyone in their path. It's like something ticked after that game. And Josh Allen just said, you know, screw this. I'm going to go kill everybody. So. They look like the scariest team in football outside of probably number one. And I think they'd beat anybody. They can, they have a, the, I think they're the only team that would have a legit chance to beat at least my number one team. Yeah, with this team so far, they look just as good as anyone. They look like they can beat anyone. They're probably currently playing at the same level as number one, if not for that week one loss, right? And, They've been the most dominant team in the NFL since that week one loss. They currently have the second best defense, second best offense, right? And a big reason why, even with that one loss, I felt good about putting them over the Eagles. They beat the Commanders 37 to 3. Yeah. And the Eagles just beat them by three in overtime. And I think, you know, power rankings, I think how well you're playing at the moment, how hot your team is, does factor into it as well. And this team is on fire. They've won their last three games by 28 points, 34 points, and 28 points against the Dolphins, who are a good football team despite losing by 28, right? And the Eagles haven't had a win that dominant so far this season. So I think it was an easy decision to put them at number two. Yeah, they have the best win out of anyone on the power rankings. And that has to play a part in this because the Dolphins, they're not scrubs, right? That, that game was supposed to be close. I picked the Dolphins to win. 
Um, and Buffalo just shat on them. It was not even close. I was shocked. I was shocked by how they they outperformed them in the second half. You're not supposed to beat a team like Miami by 28 points, and they did. So I have no argument here at number two. Who Did you have them originally at number two as well? Yeah, I did. Okay. So um, an interesting question that I, I think I'm going to wait to bring up for next, but who do you have at number one? Is it a surprise, surprise? Uh, surprise, surprise, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this team so far, number three offense, number three defense early in the season. They haven't had a crazy strong schedule. Um, played, a, played a couple mid-teams so far, but like I said, they just something to be said about winning. They just keep winning games, but they dominated three out of four of those games. They only had one game that was considered close against the Rams, and this team has less questions than any other team so far. Their biggest question might be, can they have a healthy QB in the playoffs? And that's just kind of a thing we wait and see at the end of the year. If this team stays healthy, they're not going to drop out of the top five this season. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It, the only thing that will stop this team is injuries. I called it from the beginning. I thought I said Dallas or San Francisco would make the Super Bowl. It's coming more and more clear that it's going to be San Francisco because Dallas can't figure things out on the offensive side of the football. I'd say Dallas has a better defense. Um, but it's not that much better to where they can compete on the offensive side of the ball with San Francisco. They are my pick. I'm locking it in to make the oh, Super Bowl out of the NFC. Go. I finally locked it in. Um, I was debating between them and Dallas for so long, but after Dallas lost to Phoenix, I jumped off the Kool-Aid bandwagon. So I'm officially a 49ers bandwagoner. I mean, I picked them to one of the two favorites from week one. So it was a really bandwagon. But I'm officially locking my pick. They will make the Super Bowl as long as their core stays semi-healthy. As long as this core is healthy heading into the playoffs, I don't think there's a team that can beat this team. Yeah, uh, Buffalo right now probably has the best chance, but I don't think there's a team that can keep up. Yeah, currently, as is today, after week four, going into week five, the most entertaining football game in the NFL would be the 49ers against the Buffalo Bills. And it'd be a close competitive game where both teams have a chance to win. And right now, early Super Bowl favorite game. Rest of the year needs to play out still, but both teams feel like they're the most complete and most dominant so far. I think things are finally kind of rounding into form. So really, uh, just to recap, we've got Kansas City on the outside looking in. You had them originally at four. This was the exact power rankings. So this is how I had it laid out mm. for my notes. And I knew that by putting Kansas City there, it would kind of force your hand. Um, but this is this is my power rankings in a nutshell. Yeah. The only thing you had different was... KC was four, but besides that, I... Dallas, Miami, KC, Philly, Buffalo, San Francisco. So basically, besides moving KC down, the order was essentially the same for me. So I think this is the right list. Um, even yours would be pretty comparable. It's just basically flipping Dallas and the bottom three teams in a different order. But uh, an interesting question that I wanted to bring up to you 
is to this point in the season, I personally think there are three people that need to be named for consideration for the MVP, but two clear front runners after week four. You've got Josh Allen and you've got Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Tua would have, he was my pick. I'm still rolling with him for my pick for MVP. Long but season, after, long season. Long season. The reason why he's not in the top two right now is because he's got that head-to-head loss against Josh Allen. If that game was even closer, at least competitive, then maybe he could be in the conversation a little bit. I think he's right at number three, but a pretty distant number three. In your opinion, who would you pick if the NFL season ended today for your MVP? I would pick... This is, this is difficult. The only reason I believe this becomes more difficult is because of Josh Allen's game one. If he didn't have that many turnovers, I don't think it would be as close. Um, I'm still going slight edge to Josh Allen. QBs almost always beat out any other position to win MVP, right? They do the most on the team. They account for the most total yards, the most touchdowns. And that's the biggest reason why I would go with Josh Allen, I I feel like he's more valuable to the Bills than McCaffrey is to the Niners just because the Niners are so stacked at the moment. Nothing against McCaffrey or how good he is. He's playing like the best running back in the NFL right now. But I honestly think if you were to take these two guys off their teams and substitute them with a mediocre player, the Niners would still be really, really good and making Josh Allen more valuable to his team. I, I, I don't hate that pick. I'm just going to kind of read off some stats to compare. I honestly would give Christian McCaffrey the slight edge because ever since he's gone to San Francisco, this team has looked like a juggernaut. This team has looked scary. They, they're they the type of team that you do not want to play when he's healthy with a, a mediocre quarterback because last year in the playoffs when they played Philly, they put me in a quarterback when Brock Purdy went out because everyone else was injured. So let me just read off some stats. Brock per, or Christian McCaffrey has accounted for over 600 total yards through the air and rushing. And he's got seven total touchdowns on the year. Josh Allen is having a monster year with over 1,000 yards passing, nine passing touchdowns. But he does have... Those four interceptions, that ugly game in MetLife. Christian McCaffrey is yet to lose the ball. Now, granted, quarterbacks do have more opportunity to turn the ball over. Therefore, they're going to turn the ball over more than running backs do. But I think your biggest argument for Josh Allen versus over Christian McCaffrey is if you took away Christian McCaffrey from San Francisco, they're still going to be a solid team. I don't, I don't know if they're a top five team in the NFL, uh, but they're still going to be good. If you take Josh Allen away from Buffalo, what, who's Buffalo? Also, I think it's worth mentioning, too, so far this season, Josh Allen's completion percentage is at 74.8, which would be the highest of his career. So he's just absolutely balling 
at like with his accuracy as well and decision making besides that first game like i said if not for that first game i don't i don't think it would be as close as it is right now because i do think it is close i do think christian mccaffrey would be a close second for me i think yeah just simply now that i think about it just due to the positional advantage josh allen has i think mccaffrey's having a monster year and he's going to finish with a fantastic year probably over 15 touchdowns probably a thousand yards rushing close to a thousand receiving you know kind of the same crap he was doing in carolina when he was healthy only for a team that's gonna win the super bowl uh my question with josh allen is can he can he stay under 10 interceptions in a season for once can he do that i think he can, can. can he's if done he does it. that if he does that he's the mvp but he's done that once know. He's done it once in his career, and he's been the type of guy he just takes a lot of risks, as we mentioned, sometimes tries to play hero ball, which they usually lose when that happens. But I think he has more than enough opportunity to be able to do to do that despite the close start. Because, like, you take away that first game, he has one pick. So if he throws one pick every three games, he's going to be right around close to that 10 mark, um, which would be one of the better turnover seasons he's had in his career so there you have it after four weeks as it stands the mvp ladder for second take is josh allen christian mccaffrey and then would you put tua in at three i would that 70 point game matters for sure for something and his play so far this year so there you have it that is our week four heading into week five power rankings let us know what you think in the comments below and uh let us know what you think about the mvp race so far in the nfl season who you got mccaffrey allen is Tua still a viable option i gotta roll with it because i called it from week one uh, but it's not looking good in the head-to-head department that's for sure uh, all right moving on to a new segment for our podcast and for our video pleasure um, we are going to do a would you rather segment of a receiver that has become underrated, in my opinion, in the NFL so far. That is Stefan Diggs. He had a monster game with over 160 receiving yards and three touchdowns against Miami to help aid them into a monster win, monster divisional win, take number one seed back. I'm going to give you some names, Ryan, and you tell me who you would rather have if you're Josh Allen, if you're an elite quarterback. Which yeah, receiver are you taking? Let's do it. All right, we're going to start off spicy here with one of my favorite NFL players, the White Tiger himself, Cooper Cup. Who are you taking between Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs? Okay, let's do this. So ultimately, I pick Stefan Diggs wow. over Cooper Cup. You got to do that to my guy. I do, and I have reasons for it, right? So Cooper Cup has had the best season of the two with his yes. 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns. Uh, the thing with Cup, though, he only has one other 1,000-yard season. Well, Diggs has five overall. Uh, both players have had two plus 10 touchdown seasons. Both have had good QBs overall, right? 
Uh, Diggs has had Cousins and Allen. Cup has had Goff and Stafford. You know, Diggs gets a little bit of an advantage with Josh Allen, but um, the thing is with Cooper Cup is his health, right? So last year he only played nine total games, which definitely his numbers weren't as good because of that. But also so far this year, I don't really account this year too much into my overall takes. Just, you know, it's early. We want to see the year play out. Things can change as we've seen. But he's not even playing right now. He's also hurt currently. And I think because of his injury concerns and how consistent Stephon Diggs has been throughout his career, I'm going with Diggs over Cup. So you're going with the more longevity over peak. Yeah, and well, Cup only had the one one year peak, and everything yes, else. Yes, but that one year is arguably one of the greatest receiving years in the history of the NFL. It is no doubt. So, I'm just gonna go with Cup because he's my guy, right? But you do bring up an argument that needs to be understood that Stefan Diggs has had more successful seasons than Cooper Cup has. Cup has had a better one-off season that you can put up against pretty much any receiver in the history of football. One of the best all time. Um, And they won a Super Bowl that year, so. Yeah, Super Bowl MVP, triple crown winner, was like, what, 30 yards away from Calvin Johnson's record? So close. So I'm going to roll with Cup simply because he's just the engine of that entire offense every every time he's on the field. But your biggest argument for Stefan is the availability. Stefan Diggs is rarely hurt. He's always out there, and he always plays at a high level. So I can't really get mad at it, even though Cooper Cup is my guy. Um, another receiver, I personally don't think it's close if you look at the eye test, but Devontae Adams versus Stefan Diggs, who would you pick? Yeah, this one, I went with Devontae Adams over Stefan Diggs. Their 1,000-yard th- seasons are comparable, four for Adams, five for Diggs. Um, I mean, the thing is, Adams has had six years with over 10-plus touchdowns, and one of those years he had 18 touchdowns. And so he did most of that with Aaron Rodgers, but last year with Derek Carr, he had 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. And Carr's easily the worst QB if you compare both players' QBs, Cousins and Allen, to Rodgers and Carr. And he still put up those really, really good numbers. And so ultimately, I'm going with Devontae Adams because of the um, higher touchdown threat. And also worth mentioning, Adams does still have more career yards than Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I am going to go with Adams as well. Um Devontae Adams is a big reason Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. Oh, yeah. Hot take. Um, once he left, what happened? Rough year. He didn't look so good. Aaron Rodgers didn't look so good. So, you know, maybe he was just disinterested. But Devontae Adams, I think I would put firmly at the number three best receiver in football. Behind Tyreek Hill agree. and Justin Jefferson. Even though the numbers might not back it up, the eye test sure as hell does. This guy is one of the best route runners in football, has one of the best hands, and everybody who's anybody in the NFL just sings praises about this guy. So I would put Devontae Adams. I don't think it's like super close. I think a cup Stefan Diggs is more of an argument, but I'm definitely rolling with Adams here. Um, simply because 
he's played with the crappiest quarterbacks and he's still been able to produce. So that's all you need to say. This is where I think it starts getting spicy. Mm. Um, so I took Cup and Adams both over Diggs. This is where I could go either way. Um, you got Jamar Chase, a young receiver, hmm. the youngest on this list. Who would you take if you're, you know, a quarterback? Yeah. So ultimately, I went with Stephon Diggs over Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase's rookie year was really good, right? He had like 14K yards, 13 touchdowns his rookie year, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, he missed some time in his second year. He only got 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, but he was a little bit hurt. Uh, but the thing is, his rookie year, which was his best year, Stephon Diggs has had two to three seasons like that, really three seasons like Jamar Chase's best year so far. And my biggest thing with Chase, I just want to see him be more consistent to put him over Diggs. I don't think he's had a dominant enough season like your argument for Cooper Cup over Diggs. Um, he hasn't had a dominant enough season to put him over Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, especially since his best season is comparable to Diggs' best season, and Diggs has done it multiple times. Yeah, I agree with you here. I think Stefan Diggs has the longevity. Um, he's consistent with it. Jamar Chase is having a down year so far. A big part of that's because Burrow's not playing very well. Um, Jamar Chase is a wait and see. I think he's definitely a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And Jamar Chase has probably more potential to be a better receiver than Diggs does. But we're not talking about future should be know, would be could be should be could should have could have woulda we're talking yeah. about what's happened and what's happening and i think Diggs is just a better receiver overall um this one could be tough could not could might, ugh, might not be very difficult for you we got aj brown of the philadelphia eagles yeah so this this one was the one i actually thought was the closest my closest consideration one uh, i think both players are very similar Brown has played, what is he, in his fourth or fifth year now? He he hasn't played as many years as Diggs. He has 3,000-yard seasons, right, to Diggs' five. Uh, his best season, he had 1,400 yards with 11 touchdowns. Very similar to Diggs, right? Diggs has had a 1,500-yard season. He Both both of them have two 10-plus touchdown seasons. Um, the biggest reason overall, ultimately, I went with Stefan Diggs. The biggest reason why is Diggs gets a lot more receptions than A.J. Brown. Diggs has four 100-plus yard reception seasons, and Brown doesn't have any. So Brown is definitely more of a deep threat. He's getting 16 yards per reception in his career. But when I think of best receiver... I want a guy who can do everything and who's super reliable and who I go to in those big moments. And just because of the more volume that Diggs has got with those receptions, even though he's getting 12.5 yards per reception, which is still really good. Um, he just, they, his teams have been going to him more to make plays more often. And because of that, I give Diggs the edge over Brown. I think he's a little more versatile. I'd have to agree with you. Um, A.J. Brown is, this is going to come off as an insult, but it's almost like a one-trick pony, right? Intermediate to deep ball threat. If you're going to build a receiver in a lab, A.J. Brown's 
physicals or at least what you would want, you know, him and DK Metcalf. Uh, but he doesn't really have any short game, and maybe that's because of the play call. Maybe that's because of the play designs that he's put into. But Stefan Diggs can literally do everything at the wide receiver position. Not many receivers can you can say that about, right? And that's why I would put Stefan Diggs over A.J. Brown. Even though it's close, uh, I just think, you know, third and three, you want to have him run a, a whip route, he can do it. It's, you know, first and ten, you want to go route, Stefan Diggs can do it. You know, A.J. Brown, I haven't seen the versatility in his route running capabilities as Stefan Dix. So I'd have to agree with you there. The only one we disagreed on was Cooper Cup, and maybe that's because I'm biased towards my boy. But there you have it. That's our first ever Would You Rather segment uh, for football purposes. Let us know where you think Stefan Diggs ranks in the wide receiver rankings of the NFL. And until next time, give us a follow. And we will see you Sunday.